From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Welcome, everyone, to the NextGen in 10 podcast. I am Clarissa Hernandez, and I will be your host where we will be talking with Jeff Lant about fee compression. Jeff Lant is Vice President and Director of Investments for North Star Resource Group. He is a Chartered Financial Analyst. And thanks so much for chatting with us today, Jeff. My pleasure, Clarissa. Let's assume we're just talking about advisors who, who are doing a really good job with their clients. Do you think that there is a struggle to articulate the value that they bring to a client situation? Is it a lack of confidence? Why do we as advisors sometimes struggle to demonstrate the value that we bring to, to justify some of these compensation models? Boy, that is a great question. I don't think it's going to be confidence because any, anybody that's been in this profession long enough, when they look at how they run their practice and all of the things that need to be present in order to serve our clients well, ultimately advisors are like, man, I'm probably not charging as much as I need to. But why then is it so difficult to have your next client review and say, yeah, I need to increase your, your fees 30%. I would say that that white paper that Vanguard wrote um, years ago that kind of talked about Advisors Alpha, somewhere in the beginning where it started out, and I'm going to kind of give my account of what I remember it saying, uh, but it was something to the effect that, you know, the advisor's value is something that's, you know, much easier to uh, maybe perhaps communicate than to quantify, right? Like if we charge X amount for financial planning and Y for investment advice, is it easy for us to look at the portfolio and say, yep, that's, that's where I provided value this year? No, because the markets are constantly moving up and down. And I remember in my case, working with, with a client, I remember he actually wanted to get out of his portfolio, which made perfect sense for him because of a book he read by Harry Dent. And um, I just reminded him that Harry Dent's an author. He's not an advisor and he doesn't understand what you're trying to do. The last book he wrote was talking about the fact that, you know, things are going to be booming forever. And now he says the world's never going to recover. And anyway, so we had a conversation about this, but it was, I think it was within a month of the market bottom. And if I were to go back, look in his portfolio, we saved him at least seven figures, right? And yeah. so that's paid for the, the, our advice for the rest of his life. So our value is lumpy. It isn't something that is straight line, like an advisory fee. And even when we engage in financial planning, I don't know what the client's trying to do. I don't know what type of things we're going to get into in terms of how they approach social security or how they approach certain estate things. I just know that over our lifetime, if we continue to have these conversations, we are going to avoid some massive expensive mistakes. Right. Well, and you're, um, you're a big Nick Murray guy. Like I, it's been a while since I've read any of his stuff, but I remember there being some content around sometimes people pay us literally to say, don't do that. And those just avoiding those mistakes could have been, you know, 20, 30% difference in returns during the, you know, dot-com bubble bursting or the 2008 financial crisis or whatever. Like sometimes it is just one, an accountability to do what you need to do, but also just to keep people from making mistakes. Like that is pretty difficult to articulate, I think. It is. And it's difficult to articulate in a way that someone can hear it without feeling uh, maybe perhaps uh, like you're condescending or something. But yeah, he wrote a book called Behavioral Investment Counseling 
Wyoming, where he unpacks, if you really want to understand what your true value proposition is, and a value proposition that's worth many, many, many multiples of its cost, it is in behavioral investment counseling because investing is very difficult. Most Americans have a very unpleasant experience with investing. Uh, Warren Buffett talked about it in one of his Berkshire Hathaway letters where he said Americans should have earned juicy returns over the last 20 years. But instead of that, their results range from mediocre to disastrous. And, and so we all know that behavior has an awful lot to do with our outcome. And you know, Buffett, getting back to Buffett, he says, you know, investing is really more about our temperament than, than it is about our IQ. And so what Nick Murray did is he unpacked this very well for financial advisors. But here's where it's difficult. How do you sit down with your client and say, I'm going to keep you from doing something really stupid with your money? Like, that's hard to say. Yeah. So we somehow need to become very skilled in helping our clients understand that the most difficult thing about investing is that everything in the financial media is going to tell you that what you're doing is not the right thing to do for two reasons. One, a lot of the financial media is about what are the hot funds to buy now? And the reality is hopping from investment to investment to investment is almost going to guarantee that you not only underperform the markets, but the very investments you once owned. That's from Nick Murray. Love, I love that comment because it's so true. The other thing about the financial media is some of these behavioral scientists, some Nobel Prize winning people, they, they, they go through these studies and they show time and time again that the financial media, they understand that the way you get more clicks online or the way you get people to subscribe to your stuff and to keep subscribing to your stuff is to have a slant to the negative. Because the more positive your message, the less people want to consume it. It just points out, you know, just kind of the strangeness of human nature where we're actually much more inclined and interested in negative type of things. But that's going to basically all but ensure that people are going to make the wrong decision at the wrong time for the very wrong reasons. Because every time they're reading something, it's going to tell them that what they're doing isn't the right thing to do. And then just as soon as they change it to do something else, six months later, it's going to say that isn't the right thing to do. So they're constantly chasing something out there and they're not keeping focused on what matters and what's in their control. And that would be their plan matters and what's in their control, how they invest according to their plan. So when we're talking with our advisors here, we're constantly trying to work on how do we have conversations with our clients to help them understand who we are, what we do and what we don't do. And it almost always inevitably comes to um, the idea that, you know, we are a planning focused goal based uh, investment advisors in the way that we are going to handle your portfolios today and every year going forward is to make sure that it's always invested in a way that makes perfect sense given your plan. And then I'm going to be there with you year in, year out, walking through this. And yes, Clarissa, to your point, there will be times where I'm going to say, don't do that or to what you said, sometimes I'm going to say there's nothing to do because that's the other side of investing right. is we're basically trained that you got to keep doing something. You got to keep doing something where, where in reality, the majority of the time, if you've put your portfolio together, right, the majority of the time is do nothing. That's the right thing to do. And sometimes that's what they need to hear. A lot of our listeners are millennial advisors who potentially are working with people that are a little bit older than they are. And to your point, sometimes it can come off maybe a little condescending to say, I'm going to save you from yourself. Mm -hmm. Although that certainly can be true. 
what sort of advice would you have for them to make sure that they feel that conviction that they are doing what's in the best interest of their client? And of course, you should be charging for that. Absolutely. A couple of things come to mind. As you said, I can't think of one person who has been more helpful to the advisement community than Nick Murray. He has written some books that are timeless. I think they're going to be around for a very, very long time and people are going to be looking for them. So I love his book on behavioral investment counseling. And I would say to any you know millennial advisor, if you're still trying to find a way where you can articulate this is what I believe, this is how I do it, and and here's what I don't believe, and here's why I don't do these things, I would say that that'll be a page turner for you. And you're you're gonna, one of two things is gonna happen. You're gonna come into the end and say, this is it. I finally found something that really agrees with, you know, my soul in terms of what I really believe. And now I'm gonna be better equipped uh, to articulate it. Or you might find like, wow, this is a bunch of nonsense. And you're like, well, now you know what type of advisor you are and you'll have to find another resource. But I would say that that's a wonderful resource. And the other thing is I would spend some time just talking with some of the other advisors in your firm that may have been around for a lot longer than you and ask them to tell you stories about things that have, that have happened to their clients or things that have happened to people that caused them to become their clients so that you can share these stories. The stories are so powerful. People have a very difficult time relating to and understanding, you know, alpha and beta and all this other kind of stuff. But what people really understand is a story well told. And so if you're talking with one of the other advisors in your firm, borrow those stories. So when you're sitting down with one of your clients or prospective clients and having a conversation, you can say, our firm, we had a client in the situation. And it it, is genuine. You're not saying it's your client, our firm, and share the story. Because if you can give them an illustration of here's a client who went from very wealthy to very poor because they couldn't see the sense in diversifying their portfolio. Or here's a situation where a client thought that it was actually possible to time the market. They tried and they went from being in a very good situation to a very difficult situation. Talk to some people, learn some of these stories. And until you have uh, the ability to have your own stories that you can share with them, I would say borrow somebody else's and and tell them to your clients because that's going to be the easiest way for them to understand how things can go terribly wrong very quickly and why you want to be there with them year in and year out just to make sure that everything is always being looked at and that they're always being very thoughtful uh, with respect to their portfolio. So uh, those, those are two things that come to mind. I think that's really good advice. In the words of Tyrion Lannister, there's nothing more powerful in the world than a good story. So Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us. Thank you, Clarissa. For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services.